I'm Sid. And I'm Jess. And and this this is is the Book Boyfriend Boyfriend Project. So, today is going to be our next installment of the YA Rewind series. This time we will get to talk about Sid's first book in her series, which was the Keaton Chronicles by Jillian Dodd. Mm Mm-hmm. I originally read this book series, I want to say, when I was about 13. So when I started this book series, the first two books were out, and then I kind of hopped on the um, bookstock release train with book three. Mm -hmm. So this has been interesting to read as an adult. I was honestly really nervous about this one because, like, I know how much you love these books. Yeah, like, I spent... Probably, I think it was like $60, $70 on the signed copies of this series. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm very invested in this series. Like, I love it. I reread, re listen to these. I have the ebook copy, I have the paperback signed copy, I have the audiobook copy, I have not only the single ebook copies of this, I also have the like ebook collection of it where it's all in like one file. All of the books are in one file. Um, this is like a serious commitment. <laughs> I've spent quite a lot of money. I have the Keaton Unscripted, where Jillian has um, compiled all of her notes from the stock, the Keaton Chronicles, the um, original book with the like original plotline and everything before she like edited and added other things is in that. Um, I'm so curious about what that is now. I'm having to borrow that. Or maybe we can include that in, like, a bonus Yep. Yeah, you'll probably have to, like, I don't know how we'll, like, loan it to you or something, but we'll, like, we'll have to figure that out. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that has, like, one of the main love interests, like, perspectives in it. It has the stalker's perspective in it. Like, it has lots of things. That oh, yeah. book, the, like, actual, like, companion, like, chapters and stuff to that, that is when I wanted Midnight Sun to be. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like, if every author could just, like, do that for us, Do please. a Keaton Unscripted type of, like, work when they want to do, like, a spinoff or, like, a, a rewrite from the, like, male's perspective, that's how that's, I want it done. That's what we need. Um, no, but as you can tell, Jess is very invested in the series. It means a lot to her. So, like, if, if you guys followed along with our past Y Rewind with Twilight, I ripped Twilight a new one. <laughs> and yeah, I have some thoughts on the Keaton Chronicles, but, like, overall, I'm enjoying it so much more than I enjoyed Twilight, at least the first book. Um, and most of the series overall, if I'm being honest, just most of the characters, because you guys know, I just, I hate Bella. I hate her so much. She whines about everything. And I thought Keaton was going to be like that, and Keaton has her flaws, but like, it's better. Um, so let's just dive into the story. I'm going to give a quick little kind of high level summary. So this series follows Keaton Douglas. She's 16 years old. She's a sophomore in Malibu, California. Her mom is Abby Johnson, who is a famous actress, and her father died in a plane crash many years ago. Her when mo- she was nine years old. Yeah. When her mo- or her mom is now with Tommy Stevens. Yeah, I forgot what his last name was. I just put something <laughs> in my notes. Um, and they have four children together. They have triplets. Did I did I get their names right? Avery, Ivory, and Emery. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Gracie. Who is two years old. Yes. And the triplets, I think, are three or four when this begins. 
I don't know, they're all little. Mm-hmm. Um, and Keaton has kind of spent her childhood on movie sets with her mom, and she often kind of scripts important moments in her life, uh, either before they happen or kind of as they're happening. Which, like, at first I was like, this is cute, but, like, spoiler, I've started the second book, and, like, now I'm getting super irritated with it. But, Don't like, worry, she throws that up out uh, the window pretty soon. Okay, cool. I don't know if it's in the second book or the third book that she throws that out the window, but she starts to um, try to live her life unscripted. Okay, cool, because I'm, I'm getting sick of it. Yeah. Um, so the book starts out with Keaton enjoying the very tail end of her sophomore year. She has two close friends, and I'm saying that with quotation marks because, like, they're, like, the typical high school mean girls, Vanessa and Rianne. Um, so they're very overly concerned with appearances and social status and all this, and Keaton is kind of starting to realize that, like, maybe she's not quite as concerned with it as they are. Um, and she's kind of pushing back against them, and Vanessa's kind of like the queen bee, so pushing against what she wants. And now we enter the boys, which I feel like the boys are, like, the main focus of this book. And I thought I was going to hate it so much, but, like, it was fine. It was fine. It was fine. (laughs) So, throughout this book, um, let's just get this out of the way. Keaton's a flirt, which, like, is totally fine. If that's how you want to live your life, go for it. But, like, that is so the opposite of what I am. I feel like I'm kind of, like, a serial monogamist. <laughs> I just, yes. I haven't really had the chance to be anything else, to be honest. Yes. I have also been a serial monogamist, but, like, growing up, Keaton and how she flits from one boy to the next was, like, my goal in high school. <laughs> then, like, when I wasn't that in high I wasn't like super flirty and all of the boys weren't super into me I was like this is my goal for college and then like the summer before my I started college like I got with like a I had like a longer term boyfriend when I started college and I was like oh and then and that's just how it's happened yeah. serial monogamy for me too yeah so like I don't know Part of me is just, like, this is her being 16 because literally the timeline between these boys is, like, hours. It's not weeks. It's not months. It's, like, break up with you at 9 a.m. Get with the next guy at noon. So, I couldn't do it, but you know what, Keaton? Whatever floats your boat. So, she has three main love interests. Um, At the beginning of the book, she is with Xander. And Xander's, like, the Disney Channel perfect high school boyfriend, except that he won't sleep with Keaton, and she's fed up with it. And I feel like her being a virgin is, like, this huge plot point in the first book. I don't remember that being such a big deal in high school. <laughs> Maybe it just wasn't with the people that I was hanging out with, but, like... I think it's just because, like, her friends and everyone that she's associated with are very, like party friendly and all of them have lost their virginities and they're all like a party crowd like when this book opens it's at the tail end of a party like they've started clean up they're like about to leave the party like they're very much like the popular kids they party hard you guys like again this book kind of reminds me again of vampire diaries without the supernatural plot so, like, in reality, it's probably more, like, Degrassi, but I've never watched that show, so, like, I can't accurately make that comparison, but, like, the glitz and the glamour of there being alcohol everywhere, and drugs, and people hooking up all the time, and, like, all these parties. Mm-hmm. Just kind of like that. 
Um, so Keaton and Xander kind of have this mutual breakup because Xander's like, you know what, I'm not sleeping with you and I'm getting drunk at all the parties that we go to because I'm gay. And she's like, oh, makes sense. Um, actually, he doesn't tell her he's gay until the end of the book. Well, it's, he tells her eventually. Yeah, he doesn't tell her until the end of the book, though. So. Close so, they have this kind of mutual breakup, and Keaton rebounds with this guy named Kush. So, her and Kush have been friends for quite a while, and Kush claims that he's been in love with her for forever, and he takes her virginity. And they're, like, happy and in love until her popularity and status get him drugged at a party where he's, like, framed for, like, cheating on her. So, basically, he was drugged, put into a very compromising position with this other girl, and then, like... That was the girl that, like... So, this girl decides to, like, drug him Mm -hmm. so that she can, like, sleep with him because he was very devoted to Keaton, but, like, before he was with Keaton, he was very much a player. He was, like, screwing a different girl every night, sometimes two in the same night. Like, he was very much a player, and then he stopped all of that for Keaton, and this, like, little freshman chick's very jealous and wants him for herself, so that's why she, like, drugs him and yeah. tries to get him to cheat on Keaton. Yeah, so after this whole incident, he's like, no, I can't be with you. This is what's going to happen. So then they break up um, and enter the third guy, Brooklyn. Brooklyn's kind of my favorite, but also not, because I feel like it's kind of a douche. Oh, he's a total douche. But, like, Kush is my favorite. Kush is a good boy. I was not happy with his reaction to the whole drugging situation, though. Um, yeah. But, I mean, can you imagine? Like, he was drugged. I guess. But I just feel like that's an overreaction. I mean, yeah. But they're also 16. But also, like, his dad was like, you're coming to live with me for the summer. True. And that's when he got, like, super pissy. True. Um, so, Keaton and Kush are ripped apart, and then she flits back to Brooklyn, Brooklyn has kind of been in the back of Keaton's mind for forever, for like the past two years. Um, she met him on her 15th birthday and he taught her how to surf. Her like 15th birthday gift was a surfboard or something like that. Um, and she's always had this little crush on him. And things have kind of been touch and go with their romantic relationship. There's kind of been like little incidents here and there. Um, but now they finally get together, they go on this epic surfing tour in France slash Europe together, and they're super happy throughout that trip. They sleep together, which is, again, like, this huge thing for Keaton. Um, and they return from that trip, and Brooklyn reveals that he's leaving to go on a surfing tour, and they kind of break up. Um, Keaton finally sees Kush again at her 17th birthday party at the end of the summer, and so they decide to get back together. So, that's kind of, like, the main boys in this story. Um, there are a couple of boys at the end of this book, but I'll touch on them in a minute. So, throughout this book, we're shown this character named Vincent, and just kind of, um, gave this away a little bit. I forgot what we were recording. I think, maybe it was our May bonus episode, and you were, like, the stalker, or, like, Vincent, and you were, like, oh, I mean, the stalker. So, obviously, Vincent's the stalker in this story, which we'll talk about the stalker subplot in just a second. Um, I mean, it's very obvious when you read it as an adult. It's so freaking creepy. Like, it's so obvious when you read it as an adult, but when you're, like, 12 years old, you're like, oh my gosh, Vincent is so much better for her than everyone else, and why does he have to be so old? Like, 
that was what 12 year old me was like oh like vincent's like so nice and he like oh my god you would have gotten taken jess you would have been taken (laughs) i'm so paranoid (laughs) like i can't remember when i started being this paranoid but like i feel like even at 12 i would have been like no (laughs) 12 year old me was like halfway in love with vincent before her birthday (laughs) So, Vincent claims that his grandmother was this famous actress and that he invests oh, she in was. movie productions. Yeah. Um, that part was actually true of his story. And he tells Keaton that he's a big fan of her mother's and then he wants to remake her mother's first, like, big movie with Keaton as the star. So, at the book, Keaton starts to spend more time with Vincent and even kind of entertains the idea of dating him, which I'm like, girlfriend. Ew. Ew on so many levels. He's, like, old, old. Not, like, old, old, but, like upper 20s and she's 16 um and he just kind of keeps reappearing and throughout the book there's also this kind of underlying plot of abby having this crazy over-the-top fan who sends her letters every week and has for years and years these letters turn kind of sinister and start showing up in places they shouldn't be like in her daughter's backpack or in her set trailer um when it's revealed that abby is doing some kind of racier scenes for an upcoming movie The stalker begins to close in towards the end of the book and get closer and closer to the family, and it's revealed that Vincent is the stalker. So, um, as I said, kind of the culmination of this book is, or well, it's mostly the culmination of this book, is Keaton's 17th birthday party. Um, She's been off in Europe all summer, but at the end of the summer, she comes back for her birthday party. She's kind of back with Brooklyn and their home, and they're kind of adjusting to that. And she really wants to bring, like, Brooklyn and her surfing friends together and like her high school friends together and like just make it all like a kumbaya circle or something like that Mm -hmm. throughout this book Keaton has like many thoughts where she's like I feel like I'm two separate people and like Brooklyn doesn't want me unless I'm his laid-back surfer girl and like Mm -hmm. Vanessa and Rianne don't like me unless I'm being like super over the top and bitchy like you know made up and everything and she's like I just want my two worlds to like come together and for everyone to like both parts of me yeah and and she's really hoping her birthday party will be the event where this happens but brooklyn's like i'm not coming so she's upset with him and she runs into vincent at some point just before the party and she invites him there um and at one point in the party a security guard i'm saying this with air quotes um grabs her and is like hey we need to go and of course keaton's like oh my gosh it's my mom it's the stalker and it's actually vincent trying to drag her out to this van that he had and it's basically surmised that like he would have kidnapped her there were like vials of drugs in the van um and it's kind of theorized that like he would have forced her to make the movie that they briefly discussed as she was like drugged Mm -hmm. so honestly I got to this point and I'm like, oh, so, like, there's going to be ten minutes left of this book, you know, covering, like, the aftermath of this, and then that's going to be it. But I feel like this book is cut off at a really strange spot. Yeah, it does. So, and then, like, the next book just, like, starts, and I don't know, I just feel like these books are separated strangely. Mm-hmm. So, this spurs the decision to send Keaton to a secure boat boarding school away from her family since vincent is so incredibly focused on her um at first they're kind of like you know what like abby has a movie to shoot we'll just bring you there it'll be away but then keaton realizes that her sisters will never be safe and her parents won't be safe so ultimately 
this is the best decision she's given a fake name she is given a new cell phone all of her social media profiles are deleted they're not deleted they're just the passwords are changed so that she can't access them and be tempted to talk to her friends because none of her friends are allowed to like know what has happened um they try to get the police involved but stalking is very hard to prove and since he stole the van that he was going to take her to there are like multiple fingerprints on everything Mm -hmm. so they can't trace anything back to vincent and vincent's a very charismatic smooth talker Mm -hmm. so he's able to get away from this without any like police interference Mm -hmm. basically which Which is is why yeah it it yeah it was for 12 year old me too yeah um so that's why they decide to take her to this boarding school um they go through this very like elaborate thing and they send um a plane to this like place in Colorado and they like make it they send like a decoy and make it seem like she's going to get rehab and then they take like a bunch of planes and she ends up getting um she ends up getting like part of her trust from like her dad and stuff so that she can like be fully funded and she also has to get emancipated yes that's the one i was looking for so that she is able to sign all of her own like consent forms and everything so that abby has nothing to do with this Mm -hmm. so really they're taking great precautions to sever keaton from her old life at this new school Mm -hmm. um so keaton kind of views this new boarding school as a chance to start over to really just be her and not be so focused on like popularity and being perfect and all this um and so she makes friends with a few boys her mom is like make friends with the boys first you don't know like what games the girls are playing which like maybe i was just like so oblivious to all that happening in high school but like i just feel like abby sometimes gives some advice that i don't necessarily agree with or understand (laughs) oh no like i totally understand this like i wasn't a part of those games but like all of that drama definitely happened at my high school. Oh, did it? Where, like, the popular girls were, like, talking about each other behind each other's backs. And it was, like, so great to just eavesdrop on them in the hallway. It just made my day sometimes. Yeah, I think I was totally oblivious to all of that. Yeah. So, um, she makes some friends with a few boys named Dallas, Riley, and Aiden. Dallas and Riley are kind of inseparable, I feel like. Usually they're together. Mm-hmm. They're roommates. Oh, they are? Okay. They're roommates. Gotcha. Um, and Keith's just kind of, like, chill friends with them, except sometimes she kisses them and makes out with them, and I don't really understand how that works. Um, but she's, like, deadass in love with Aiden. She's, like, she sees him on the soccer field, and she's just like, oh, I'm in love. I'm like, you literally just broke up with Brooklyn, told Kush that you loved him, like, 12 hours ago. And now you're in love again. I'm like, did I miss something? Like, are there some minutes in this audiobook that, like, I actually fast-forwarded through? Like, what's happening here? (laughs) Yep. So, the way that Aiden is, like, first described is, like, he has, like, a halo of goldenness around him. And she starts calling him the hottie god in her head. Yeah. And he is, like, this great soccer goalie. And he's only had, Which, like, like, I'm all over that. He has, he's only had, like, maybe, like, four or five, um, 
balls get past him since he, like, started at, um, I don't remember what the school is called. I couldn't tell you. Eastbrook. Since he started at, like, the Eastbrook, um, school, and, you know, he's been, like, the starting goalie on the soccer team for his entire career there, and it's, like, it's kind of perfect. Yeah, and kind of their, I think it's their meet cute. I don't even know if you can call it a meet cute. How can you have a meet cute when you're making out with, like, five different guys? You know? It was a meet cute. So, the whole meet cute is that Keaton's, like, walking around campus with Riley in Dallas, and she sees the boys playing soccer, and she, like, steals the ball from someone, dribbles it in, and scores on Aiden. Which, like, his sister Peyton gets, like, very, very surprised by. Yeah, Peyton is, like, the popular girl's sidekick at this new school, and I'm not- Peyton is Keaton. Peyton's Keaton? Peyton is- Keaton. Oh, it's a Keaton equivalent. Yes. She is the equivalent. So, like, Whitney is Vanessa's equivalent, and Peyton is, like, Keaton's equivalent at Eastbrook. Yeah. So... But they're seniors instead of sophomores, which I think is hilarious. Yeah. So, I am kind of going to cut it here with the Eastbrook talk, because, again, I feel like this book was just, like, Keaton arrives at Eastbrook, makes out with all these guys, see you next time. <laughs> so there's a lot more about Eastbrook in the second book. Um, I think I'm like an hour and a half, maybe two hours into it at this point. So we'll go over those characters again in more detail after I finish that book and get to know them a little bit better. Um, but overall, this first book, like I enjoyed it much more than I thought I would, to be totally honest. Um, I feel like I was expecting like a Bella equivalent character of like whininess and just like so much negativity and being so like obsessed with her boyfriend which Keaton is like so boy crazy it's not even funny um as I said it reads like an episode of Vampire Diaries without the supernatural stuff um and I actually really enjoyed the stalker plot addition to this story I was really really hoping that it would play a bigger role in the first part of the second book because like after coming off the like really actiony like high stakes high of the ending <clears throat> of the first book I'm in the second book and I'm kind of like like why is any of this important um so I'm excited for that to like become a thing again like I want Keaton to like I don't know get spotted by Vincent or something um but yeah that's kind of a high level overview of the book and introduction into this series so do you have any like things you want to discuss specifically with me um I feel like I feel like I've read a very similar book to this, not like exactly similar with like the stalker thing, but like there was a series that I read in like junior high or high school that was like very much like a popular girl lived in like LA or something and it was very focused on like the glitz and glamour of the lifestyle and like parties and like all that, but I couldn't figure out what it was called before we recorded this episode. What was your favorite thing that Kush did? Because Kush very much, like, tries to give, like, all of these, like, cute things. And Kush, out of all of the boys, I think follows her, like, head scripts much better than anyone else. So what was your favorite, like, moment that her and Kush had? Um, that's a good question. 
I liked that he prepped the hotel room for them. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really cute. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I can't really remember all the things that he did. I didn't take great note of that. I did like that he bought her really great boots at the end of the first book, though. Because, like, if you guys looked into my closet, I think I have, like, ten pairs of boots. Oh, yeah. She loves boots, I'm too. a boots girl. <gasps> What? You're finally gonna learn why I freaked out when Jake called you that for the first time. Yeah, so in yeah. the second book, who calls her that? Is that Riley? Or Dallas? Or Aiden? Guess you'll just have to wait and remember it. <sighs> Someone in the second book calls Keaton Boots, and that's my boyfriend's nickname for me because I love boots and I wear them so much. <laughs> and Jess gets a kick out of it every time. Mm-hmm. So... Something that was a big thing in Jillian's author group when these books were being released was who is going to be the moon boy. So, in the moon boy. So, in the first book, Keaton makes a wish on the moon after her um prom that she will find the perfect boy. Oh. You remember that now? Yeah, vaguely. Yeah. Um, so she makes this wish on the moon Mm -hmm. that it will bring her her perfect boy. So a big thing within the author group was who is the moon boy. Mm -hmm. So at the end of each of these episodes, I'm going to ask you what is your current guess or who is your current favorite pick for moon boy? Mm. Probably Kush. I feel like there's something wrong with Aiden. I don't know what yet, but there's something wrong with him. But I don't, like, know how Kush is going to come back. But I feel like I don't know enough about, like, Riley or Dallas or the other characters that we've met at Eastbrook to, like, guess one of them. Okay. I don't think it's going to be Brooklyn. I think Brooklyn's kind of an asshole. But Mm -hmm. also, my hattie's really hot. He is so hot. <laughs> I love Brooklyn. Yeah. He is my favorite. Yeah. I feel like I totally would have gotten, like, wrapped up into him, like, as a guy. Just like Keaton did. Yeah. And then he would have smashed my heart on the pavement. Yeah. 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 Um, so... What were your thoughts on Damien? You didn't mention him. Oh, no, But Damien is her best friend. He um, is in a band called Twisted Dreams. He's the main singer. And it's... So, her and Brooklyn kind of follow Twisted Dreams on tour for a little bit in France over Mm -hmm. their little summer of surfing. Mm -hmm. And... They've been best friends. Damien is the son of Matt Morin, who is um, a famous director and has worked with Keaton's mother and Tommy a bunch of times. So they kind of grew up together. Mm-hmm. I like Damien. I feel like I want to see more of his character. Because like, I feel like I just got barely like little tiny flashes. Mm-hmm. Now I feel like he's the moon boy. Oh. Why do you think that? I don't know, because I feel like you're leading me in that direction. <laughs> I mean, you know how I feel about best friends to lovers. Those are the best relationships. Yeah. They really are. Yeah. But yeah, I'm interested to learn more about him. I didn't mention him because I feel like the other boys took up more page time. They did. But I'm excited to see what he does. Mm-hmm. anything else you want to ask me (laughs) what was your most annoyed point with brooklyn 
with Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. At the end of the summer when he was, like... So, basically, Brooklyn and Keaton spent this entire summer together being in love, being together, and they get to the end of the summer and Brooklyn's like, you're not my girlfriend. Like, we're not putting labels on it. We're just chill. And I'm like, oh, my God. I just want to smack him. That's when I was super annoyed with him. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm intrigued for your thoughts after the second book. Um, the second book gets much better after the first few chapters. The first few chapters are a little slow. Um, just because she's settling into boarding school life. I'm in boarding school. I was like, I'm going to be so excited when she gets to boarding school because, like, Hogwarts is my fantasy. Mm-hmm. But, like, so far, I hate it. Yeah, after Labor Day weekend, it gets, it gets better. Oh, thank God, I'm almost there. <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, that's all I have for today. Yeah, so I think this is going to wrap up the first installment. Well, I guess technically this will be the second. Mm-hmm. in this round of Why Rewinds. We hope that you guys are excited about this series. You'll have to let us know if you guys have read the series because I'd never heard of it um, until I met Jess and she never stops talking about it. <laughs> I love it so much! I know you do. I know you do. But I would love to know your thoughts on this series. Did you read it when you were younger? Do you have like very nostalgic feelings toward it? Or have you tried reading it when you were older? what are your thoughts on it then definitely reach out on our social media and let us know it's all linked down below and most of it's just the book boyfriend project if you guys want to search it or if you search it it'll probably come up um but that's it from us today thanks for listening